Hello, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with a special edition of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I talk with Lisa Zawack, Kroger's Head of Sustainability, and Tom Zaki. CEO of TerraCycle, the parent of Loop, about yesterday's U.S. in-store launch. As of Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022, consumers can now buy more than 20 different branded products in special Loop reusable packages at 25 Fred Meyer stores in the Portland, Oregon metro area. First, we hear from Tom about some of the details. Tom, why did you decide to launch this in Portland, Oregon, the metro area there? It's a really good question. And, you know, it really was more serendipitous than, uh, than conscious. Um, you know, when we launched Loop and brought it, brought it about, uh, uh, gosh, now maybe three years ago, a number of lawmakers in Portland reached out to both us and the team at Kroger and Fred Meyer asking to prioritize Portland as the city to bring Loop to. And uh, uh, that led both of us to get very excited about, uh, and this is both of us being you know, the retailer, Fred Meyer and uh, Kroger and, uh, and, and Loop to get excited about Portland. And that's why we prioritized Portland as the, uh, as the first city. Um, you know, from there, of course, if this succeeds, the goal is to you know, bring it as a national solution. But that's how Portland was first chosen. Okay, it makes total sense too, especially because Portland is one of the hotbeds for sustainability. Um, so that makes total sense. And I know that in the Portland, um, the metro area, this is going to launch in 25 um, metro stores. Uh, overall in the Portland area, there's about 50 Fred Meyer stores. Um, how did you guys decide on the 25 that are gonna be in the initial launch? Um, the, the store list of the 25 Fred Meyer stores was really looking, I, I believe, at the uh, larger uh, uh, stores in, in the main part of Portland, but the store list was chosen by the Fred Meyer team. Okay, excellent. Um, I'll have an opportunity to talk with Lisa as well. The yeah, Lisa will be able yeah. to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And she'll be able to much better answer that question. You know, to be very fair, that is, that is mostly was their decision and, uh, you know, they know their stores the best. Okay, I'm also going to ask about um, how to decide which products to carry in those stores, which I think both you and Lisa can answer. But um, I guess maybe one of the questions for you is, are the, it looks from the video and the photos that they're all shelf-stable products. Are there any refrigerated yeah, so, or frozen? So no, right now, um, all of the products in the uh, in the Fred Meyer launch are ambient, uh, so shelf stable uh, and uh, no temperature uh, classes. With that said, you know, in Loop in general, there are chilled and frozen products, um, but they're just starting at the moment in uh, in ambient. And just to give a little sense of the product, so Loop, you know, as a platform, brands can join, and uh, and then we work with them to enable Loop compliant products, and then those are presented to the retailers. And then the retailers are the ones who pick from those what will go on their shelf. Okay, excellent. And that makes sense because they're the ones who know their, um, you know, the makeup of the community uh, better than anybody. Exactly. 
So excellent. Okay, so um, in uh, looking, watching the video, which is um, very well done, it shows that there's a, uh, a reusable carrying bag very close yes. to the the shelf unit, and I'm, I'm calling it a unit because it looks like it's four sides. People can walk around this entire thing to look at all the products. Uh, yeah, it depends on the store, right? So some of them are end caps, some of them are, are different units, and yes, there's absolutely a return bag that you can optionally choose if you wish. Okay, and is the idea to help the consumer sep keep those loop products separate so that they remember which ones are loop products, or how is it that they're going to remember that these are loop products that need to oh, be returned back? Oh, very good back? question. Yeah, so so uh, two two sort of answers, if I may. So. Every loop product is labeled saying it's a loop product. So somewhere on the product, it explains that it, uh, it's a loop compliant product and you can return it for a deposit. And so okay. the brands are highlighting that this is a loop compliant product, both by you know, communicating directly on package that it is, as well as the package itself may be obviously different, you know, made from, say, stainless steel instead of plastic. So the look of the pack should inspire that it's, that it's different. And then it clearly states on every package that it is a uh, loop product, you know, in uh, in copy. And if I may, just to go back to the uh, to the bag, right? The idea yes. of the bag uh, is that you can either return one loop product at a time in the bin, if you wish, yes. mm -hmm. or you can throw them all in the bag, and then return the bag. And so it's sort of like you know we want it to feel like literally throwing something in the recycling bin or the garbage, and then you can. Uh, uh, you can, you know, you can drop off the entire bag. So let's say you had 10 items. If you have 10 items, you probably would elect to have the bag. Um, the bag costs nothing to use. It's absolutely free. You just pay oh, a $5 excellent. deposit. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so zero cost, but there is a $5 deposit. Um, uh, you throw all your products in there, and then you can throw the entire bag uh, into the loop bin without having to check every product in individually. And uh, you get your $5 back on the bag. And of course, the deposit's back on every item that was in the bin. Okay. Or that that um, was in the bag. Yeah. Um, so walk us through this return process for the consumer, because um, yeah. there's um, there are deposits on all the packages still, correct? That's exactly right. Yes. There is a unique okay. deposit uh, on every package. That's a, always a standard in loop. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, so what happens is you go to the shelf, you buy whatever you wish. The uh, uh, the deposits are clearly marked. You know, and they range depending on what you're getting, noting that um, if you were to buy that package empty, say in another part of the store, you'd probably pay three times more for it than the deposit. Uh, so they're really well-priced deposits. And then when you're done, you have an empty, dirty container. We really emphasize don't wash it because we're going to have to wash it anyway. So there's right. no purpose to wash it at home. Uh, you can then either go and drop off one container at a time, or you can take the return bag which again is free other than a $5 deposit, um, and you can put them all in the bag. Now, let's say you come to the bin with two containers, right? No bag. Then you would scan each container in the loop app, drop them in the bin, and then as soon as we pick up the containers, the money is credited to your app, and then you can transfer that at no cost to any bank account uh, or PayPal if you wish. Mm -hmm. Then if you did it with the bag, Let's say you have 20 products in the bag. You just scan the bag into the Loop app and then uh, drop that in. And then we will open the bag and everything inside will be credited to your account. And then you can, again, uh, 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 transfer that to your bank account uh, or through PayPal.
So each bag has its own unique number or, or some right. kind of a, uh, a code. Um, I'm yep, guessing it's exactly a code right. because you're, say, you're saying scan. Um, okay, it's so, a QR code. Yep. Okay, excellent. Yep. And um, so this, um, the QR codes that are also on the individual packages, they are also QR codes? Oh, yeah, on the packages, uh, some may have QR codes printed on them. If they don't, the return bin dispenses unique QR codes that you just take as a sticker and put onto the package. Okay, excellent. I did see um, a, in the video a gentleman put getting one of those printed out yeah, that's QR right. codes and putting that's it right. on. So, that, so the bin okay. dispenses those, and that's done because for some brands, you can imagine it's extremely expensive to put unique printing on every pack. And so we let the bin do that if the brand is not able to do so. Okay. Um, I did want to ask you about that too, Tom, because I know that for the um, the design of most of these packages, products um, in the initial e-commerce um, method of sales, that, yep. it, the, you know, you, you didn't need a uh, UPC code. Um, you didn't need to have a lot of the cell copy or the informative copy that you usually have yes, on a package yes. um, on yep. shelf. So these designs were, you know, very simple, very, um, you know, bare yep. bones, basic. Um, so I was just wondering how all that would, would oh, work. Oh, in in it's a very in good store. question. So in the um, in the in-store packages, all of the copy has to be there that uh, that uh, we were able to remove in the online model. Okay. And like UPC able... codes, warnings, you know, the all, the whole the whole kit has to be there. sure. Okay. All right. So I can see how that can definitely change the graphics. Um, for the the products and the CPG, they companies. had to do yeah. Yep. Let's call it like all the brands have to do what you would call store friendly graphics. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Excellent. All right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the um, and uh, just moving on to like I'm trying to follow the the logic of yeah. how all this works. So the consumer uses the product at the at home. It's empty. They bring it back to the store, either singles or in the bag. Um, if it's in the bag, I can see that the products inside are somewhat protected as they are placed into the bin. But the individual yeah. individual packages, it looks like they, you know, kind of tumble into the um, into this uh, in, into, oh, into this the bin. bin yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is the the bins are really specially engineered to what, do what we call a soft landing on the inside. So the bins are not, um, uh, how you say, like uh, like a big drop, if you will, like just a bin. The right. inside is actually quite technically complex to create what one, what, what one would call a soft landing. So okay. in all the models where we've deployed this and been running it now, you know, like in Europe and uh, uh, Japan for over a year, the amount of uh, breakage is incredibly low, like um, negligible, below 1%. Okay. As well as like little uh, damage to the to the oh, aesthetics yeah, yeah, yeah. Like of a of a package. Us, well, so and uh, aesthetic damage uh, uh, is you know we don't measure aesthetic damage, but mechanical damage we do measure. So that could be a nick, it mm -hmm. could be like a deep scratch, it could be a full break. That's what's been below one percent. Below one percent. That's awesome. Yes, it's really okay. good. And by the way, return rates. 
are stabilizing at 80% in all the markets where we've been up and running for a little while and in store. Okay. Um, I did want to ask you, you did do this, as you had said, um, overseas for more than a year. So you have this yes. in-store concept already, um, you know, uh, working and should I even use the word proven? Okay. So, I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all those retailers, uh, just to sort of reinforce that point, are all at this point now scaling their store count uh, significantly. Okay, um, that is a good sign. I was going to ask, um, what else did you maybe learn from those other in-store tests or you know just operations that maybe helped uh, the the folks at Kroger in um, launching it here in the United States? Yes, yeah. I would say two things really came clear in the uh, in-store uh, launches that we've already had in the UK, France, and Japan, which is the consumer proposition we view as proven. Um, so that consumers like it, they buy it, they uh, switch brands into it, and then they repeat, right? Because uh, it's not just important that people try, but it's important that they repeat, and yes. finally that they return. All those are coming, those matrix are coming back um, really strong. And when they are being, when we get new learnings, you know, like brands doing their own insights or new data from retailers, it's always just reinforcing those existing learnings, which is really nice to see. So. Uh, that part we feel very proven on. Now, of course, we have to replicate in the U.S., but everyone's feeling very confident, and I think gave Kroger a lot of confidence and the brands in the U.S. a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, the other part that I'd say is validated is that operationally, it's working. The bins are working. As we just discussed, there's, there's, uh, you know, the damage rate is really good. The return rates are really good. They're being serviced. The deposit mechanism is working. They're being cleaned and refilled. So all of that complex, let's call it waste management function of reuse, is functioning very well. And that leaves us really just one thing left to focus on, the biggest, of course, which is how fast can we scale this so that it becomes economically competitive with disposability? Okay. I do have one other, what I think is yeah. a pretty big question on this. Um, so uh, according to uh, the, the press release that you guys issued today, which is launch day, um, yeah. and this is uh, Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022, that... Um, yeah. You're, you're going to be, Loop is um, going to be picking up the empty containers from these Fred Meyer bins at the stores yeah. and yeah. Um, taking it through the rest of the, dare I say, loop of the whole process. And that's for cleaning, uh, return to the brands, and then refilling and, and having a, another life. So, yeah. so from what I remember, um, and the, there may have been a change since the last time we talked or the last time I looked into this. All of yeah. your um, cleaning facility, it, that was on the East Coast. In, that is uh, correct. Was it New Jersey? Is, it st is that That's still right. the case? At today's scale, yes, yes. So today, okay. um, you're, you're absolutely precise in that we are running this in Portland and then uh, 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 in bulk moving the material to New Jersey for sortation and cleaning. That's absolutely correct. Um, it's important to note that you know, our, our plans for infrastructure scale are that uh, probably in the next, say, two to three years, we plan to have five total uh, cleaning uh, and sorting facilities in the U.S. I uh, think Northwest, Southwest, Northeast, Southeast, and, and, and right smack dab in the middle. 
uh, say like an Arkansas, for example. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, and that's what we will end up building out. But because these are sophisticated and expensive uh, locations, we wanted to make sure we we uh, succeed on this uh, deployment as a pilot. And as soon as then Kroger is ready to scale is when we're going to start building out the West Coast um, cleaning side. So this is more about timing of pilot than, you know, what our long-term intent is. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Because I know a lot of people are uh, concerned about that overall footprint. Um, oh, uh, no, no, for... and it's fair. It, it, yeah. It's, look, mm-hmm. it's in pilots. Many times, you know, you may have sort of an, an optimal part of the supply chain. This is an optimal, so I would fully agree, and it's really intended to be temporary. Okay, wonderful. Um so, Tom, I guess um, one other question that I have, just as a, a point yeah. of trying to understand a little bit, uh, um, the initial e-commerce um, is morphing into this in-store yeah. concept. And um, according to your website, it looks like in the U.S., we now have this launch uh, in um, the Portland metro area for Kroger, Fred Meyer. Uh, there's also plans for soon in um, early 2022, Walgreens to also have in store. And then we still have the e-commerce for Ulta Beauty. And only yes. Yes. only the beauty products are going to be e-commerce? No, no. So uh, uh, very good question. So, yes, the two public retailers are Walgreens and Kroger. Kroger being today and Walgreens coming up. Um, there are two other major retailers we will be announcing, I think, in the next 60 days uh, to 90 days. Uh, mm-hmm. One big mass market retailer and another big grocer will be announced. We'll, of course, let you know when that's public. So those will also be uh, – uh, uh, one will do an e-commerce launch. The other is doing an in-store launch. Um, and uh, uh, with Alta Beauty right now, we are working on transitioning from the e-com pilot into the in-store uh, launch. And uh, once we have figured out the details, we'll be announcing exactly what that looks like. Okay, excellent. The only reason why I ask is I think that there are a lot of people who may have been using the e-commerce because oh, they're, you know, in, a, in an area where they can get the products that way that, you know, currently don't have the in-store. So I wasn't sure if there was going to be an overlap between those two. Is the plan to eventually weed out the e-commerce sales or is it always no, going to no. be both? No, it's a very good question. And so the what we are transitioning out of is what we call standalone e-commerce, the e-commerce that Loop manages top to bottom. And the retailer is sending consumers to, like loopstore.com was that. Yes. And what we're transitioning into now that you know we've proven what we need to do with those standalone e-commerce. Standalone means standalones from the stands alone from the retailer's infrastructure, is where the retailers take over. And some retailers are starting in store, like Kroger. Some, like that mass market retailer, will be uh, uh, announcing in uh, in a few months is starting e-com, and then some are starting both. But it's the key transition is the retailers really taking on the role of being a retailer. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Right? I, and I get we, it. We, we normalize our role as just the waste management function of reuse and are not doing any retailer functions, which we had to do during the e-com pilot phase. Totally understand. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, in this, there's 
<laughs> believe it or not, a third uh, distribution system that over the last couple of years has emerged and um, blossomed. And that's the direct-to-consumer delivery from the retailers. And I would imagine that uh, through the retailer site, um, either Fred Meyer and Walgreens to start, but um, future retailers as well, will have that as an option in their own web yeah, app? Yeah, exactly or? right. Yeah, so you, okay. you you nailed it, right? So take a retailer like Fred Meyer, they're starting in store, but it's very likely that they would look at adding, you know, something like click and collect, you know, or the, uh, or the, or the uh, direct from store, you know, like store pick uh, uh, e-com. Um, and in, uh, so, so it's very likely that, you know, that you may see something like that. Okay, excellent. And you've already yeah. made it um, easy for them by having a carry bag <laughs> right there ready for them to do the, exactly. the delivery. Oh, you, <laughs> you got it. You got it. And that's a little preview, even though I can't say the retailer's name, the mass market retailer that we're going to be announcing in a few months, they're going to start with the store pick direct to consumer delivery model. Okay. Excellent. Where they well, deliver and they pick up the empties. And this is again, the key for loop as a platform is we are the platform for reuse. And then our operational role is really the waste management function of reuse. We are not the manufacturer, and we're not the, uh, the retailer. And in the loopstore.com early, early version, when we first spoke about it, that was sort of like the learning platform. There, we did make some products, some of the, uh, some of the private label products, to so just fill out the assortment. Okay. And we also did the outbound distribution temporarily until the retailers gained enough confidence to take it over themselves. Okay. Well, um, thanks to the pandemic, we have two years now of uh, experience for the retailers in doing direct-to-consumer delivery. Yeah. And it's amazing yeah. how fast, you know, uh, mother of necessity, um, how fast Tell me about it. Yeah. they've been able to uh, to rise to well, the and challenge Well, it helps us there. a lot because that, that sort of model is really what Loop needs to work in an e-com setting. Uh, and so it's really quite wonderful that they did that. Yes, I uh, also agree. It uh, was very um, serendipitous for you, for Loop. Yes, Yes. it was. It really worked out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, excellent. That was our conversation with Tom Zaki, Loop's CEO. We also had an opportunity to talk with Lisa Zwack, Kroger's Head of Sustainability, to get the retailer's perspective and insight. Lisa, how did Kroger decide which Fred Meyer stores in the Portland metro area to incorporate this loop, um, the reusable packages from loop? Well, um, overall, we were very excited to pilot this um, loop concept in the, the Portland area and in our Fred Meyer division. Um, when it came to selecting stores, we wanted to keep it um sort of geographically focused in in part because that does help uh, the model operate more seamlessly as well. So when the loop team is uh, servicing the collection bins and um, um, making sure that that everything is running smoothly, that is more efficient for them when they're working in a a somewhat of a, um, you know, like a defined scope, if you will, geographically. Um, And then we had decided we wanted to work with um, around 25 stores just to get enough data points to find, 
you know, meaningful insights from from the the kind of test and learn phase of this of this partnership and the go live in stores. And so um, our, you know, Fred Meyer division really helped us identify the stores that kind of met those that criteria in the greater Portland area. Okay, excellent. And I understand that there are more than 20 brands um, that are participating with products in this um, display area, as well as um, Kroger's Simple Truth. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, how you decided to, uh, with your private brand, how you decided, your store brand, how you decided to also participate? Yes, well, um, you know, we are very proud of our private label products. We know they are very popular with our customers. And so when we were launching the Loop uh, pilot and the, the sorry, the, the partnership, um, we wanted to make sure that we had the our own private label represented as well so that they could also, you know, learn um, through the experience. And, and also, you know, Kroger has uh, um, sustainable packaging goals that pertain to our private label products specifically. And one of those goals is that we will achieve 100% recyclable, reusable, or compostable uh, packaging by 2030 for the private label products. So this was a, a great opportunity for our um, private label to, to try on that reusable uh, concept. Okay. Um, do you mind telling me what uh, private label products are participating in this? Is it like just a couple of SKUs or... Yes, we have uh, two SKUs in the assortment. Um, they are a hand soap product and two different scents of that that uh, hand soap. Okay, excellent. Thank you for the detail on that. Um, so you mentioned about the collection bins already, and I was a little curious on uh, whether these bins are inside the store or outside the store. Um, obviously, it's got to be somewhere where the the uh, folks who are buying these products are pretty comfortable with returning the empties when they come back. Correct. Yes, they are um, outside the store door, but they're in the, the lobbies of the store is where they will be located. And so that makes it convenient for customers to return the, the empty packages when you know they would like to. Um, and also for the Loop team to um, service the bin um, when the time comes to do that. Okay, excellent. Um, makes total sense. So um, Tom explained to me that one of the things that's a little bit different about these particular packages, as opposed to the um, e-commerce version of them is that these are required to have the full retail information on the packaging, which is, you know, quite different from just, you know, a, a kind of like a beauty shot that they, you know, the beauty um, aesthetic that they used to have. And um, so the UPC code also is on there, and that's when it's scanned in store, the deposit is all, it's all like automatic with that, correct? Correct. Yeah, that is something that we set up that was, you know, different in the, in, you know, brick and mortar version of um, the the loop offering versus the e-com as you described. So yes, mm -hmm. we do have uh, the you know a typical consumer UPC code that can be scanned at register. Um, and um, when the customer or the you know the cashier um, scans out the product, um, it will show both the the price like the the actual base product and then also the deposit shows as a separate. Um, line item on the receipt. So it's easier for the consumer to to understand the, the two things that they're paying for. Okay. 
And um, the carrying bag is, you know, specific to the loop products, mm -hmm. but um, I'm wondering, are people in the store going to understand that? I, I know it's the bag is right there with the mm -hmm. display. Okay. All yes. Right. Yeah. That that is the intention that they they will you know they will understand that it's specific to the loop um, pilot. It's not to say that they couldn't you know uh, take it or purchase it and use it for something else, but it is designed for that, and um, with the intention of being of it being a convenient way to return. You know, if they have multiple um, empty packages to return at once, they can do that in the bag. Yep. Um, Tom explained that. Thank you. So I guess. Um, one of the things, uh, one of the other questions that I have then uh, about that is um, uh, Tom had mentioned that the display can look a little bit different within the 25 stores that you're launching this at, that some might just be an end cap and some might be, you know, a full walk around four sided um, display. How do you decide which store gets um, which kind of display? Yeah, I mean the the type of um, display is is a bit determined by the by the store and and where we would be placing that. Um, so that I think it's just determined by the merchandising team and the the in store and the retail teams in terms of what makes sense for that store. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. Lisa, those were all the questions that I had. Is there anything okay. that I haven't thought to ask that you feel compelled to tell me? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'll just um, summarize by saying that we're really excited to be, uh, you know, launching this in-store activation for our customers. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned before, we have our own um, sustainable packaging goals. So this this is certainly aligned with the direction that we're headed in. Um, we also have our uh, zero hunger, zero waste, social and environmental impact plan. And um, the reusable packaging concepts also aligns very well with that in our overall kind of zero waste vision. And so we're just overall thrilled to be offering this kind of um, innovative and uh, you know more sustainable solution to our customers in the Fred Meyer division. Um, excellent. I know that over the, the years, it seems like a lot of the focus <clears throat> from a sustainable packaging point of view has been on recycling. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Um, you know, makes sense. That's one of the um, actions that a consumer can do to make them feel like they're participating in this whole uh, sustainability movement. Mm -hmm. But um, there are a lot of different options and reusable packaging is just one of them. So it's uh, kind of good to, to see a little bit of the mix.